Romans 8, 28, and 31 through 39. Hear the word of the Lord. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. You can have a seat. Well, here we are at the end of another year, typically, my family is in Kentucky. Well, actually, I, I thought back, and I've been at Trace Crossing now for five years. This is my fifth end of the year, and this is the first Sunday, first last Sunday of the year we've actually been in Tupelo. Uh, every other, this is usually the time that we take to go and visit our family. We do Christmas here with our family typically, and then we, we travel uh, back to Kentucky. Uh, my wife's parents, Erica's parents, my parents, um, all of our family lives in Kentucky in the same hometown, so it's an easy trip for us. This year with uh, coronavirus, we're, we're staying home. Uh, we're, we're not making that trip. Uh, didn't work out for us this year. And so I'm actually thankful that I get to be here with you. Because at the end of a difficult year, what all of us want to do, I see jokes about it on the internet all the time, what we all want to do is just leave this year behind and move forward like it didn't happen. Just forget about it. Can this end? Can this nightmare end if you've had a really hard year, if it's been a nightmare to you? When will it end? Okay, 2021, fresh start, new year. Maybe, you know, we can just start over. And this year has been different, at least, and difficult, most likely, for almost all of us. Um, but, you know, some of us have experienced a lot of joy this year. I mean, we've, we've, had, we've had members who have gotten engaged. We've, we've had members who have gotten married. We've had members who have uh, given birth to children this year. This year hasn't been all bad for, for all of us. And that's one thing I love about the local church is just how, how, diff, how many different human experiences we have in one body. Um, but then for others, we, we, we have lost a great deal, job loss, uh, loss of life. We've, we've had, had folks who, who have had close family members die uh, we have folks who have become widows. Um, this year, we have rejoiced at weddings, we've wept at funerals, and um, we've faced a global pandemic. And we've, we've seen, as we look out into the world, we've seen millions of people die from a virus. And 
many of us know or work with people who have suffered greatly from COVID. And the simple fact that we're meeting the way that we are right now, the simple fact that we canceled our 8.30 service this morning is due to the fact that there have been multiple members who have been exposed to COVID or who have, who have contracted COVID. And not from our gatherings, but, but they have contracted it. So it, it literally changes how we meet together as a faith family. That's hard. That's really hard. This has been a hard year. And it's been a strange year. Because on top of everything that I mentioned, I haven't even gone into the fact that we had a very contentious presidential election. You know, and all the conflict that comes along with politics. It's just been an exhausting year. I remember back in March when this happened, I was thinking by June or July, oh, can we survive until June? You know, we can get back to normal. And then it got worse in June. And here we are in December. And it's still bad right? It's been a hard year. But I need to remind you of something. Just because you're going to whip out a new calendar and planner on Friday doesn't mean that the conflict and the confusion and the chaos is going to somehow magically stay behind. There will be similar and newer conflicts and confusion and chaos in 2021. Now, if all we gain, if all we gain from looking back at 2020 is a headache, if that's the only thing we gain, then there is no way we're going to be able to grow from what we've experienced. And we will be no more prepared for whatever 2021 may bring. Looking back on 2020 in a way that helps us look ahead to 2021 with hope, requires us to see where God is in all of this. Okay, it's an important question. Have you dealt with it yet? Have you reckoned with this question yet? What hath God to do with pandemics and presidents and problems of all kind? What does God have to do with births and funerals? In all the things that have happened this year, where is God? Have you dealt with that question? Have you reckoned with it? And then a, a second question, what can we expect from God in 2021? Where was God in 2020 and what can we expect from him in 2021? That's all I want us to do by looking at Romans 8, 28 and 31 through 39 this morning is look back at 2020 and then look forward to 2021. And I want to do it by showing you two certainties. Two certainties. As we look back, we each could say, if we, if we just made a list, hey, review the year for your family, for yourself, for our church, review the year. What's your perspective? We would all have different answers. We would all have different things written down on the page. But is there a common thread? Is there one common thing? As we look back on this year, despite everything we've experienced, good, bad, ugly, where is God in it? What could we say? And then as we look ahead to 2021, what can we expect? There's so much that's uncertain. This year has proven that probably, you know, more than any other year that I've experienced anyway. Hey, life is uncertain. You don't know what you're going to get. But what is certain in 2021? That's what I want us to do. And it comes in two phrases. First, the first phrase, all things. All things. It's the certainty of God's sovereignty. It's, it's this idea that 2020 was not outside God's control. 
Okay, so all things. We'll look at Romans 8, 28. Second phrase, or really it's just a word. Nothing. Nothing. And that's not to say that in 2021 you can expect nothing from God. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. It's that nothing can separate you from the love of God. It's the certainty of God's love. As you look ahead to 2021, we don't know what's going to come, but we know what will meet us there. It will be God's love, and nothing we experience can ever remove it. All things and nothing. Let's look at both of these. So as we look back at 2020, here's what we can say up front without a doubt. We can look back at 2020 knowing that God will work all things from this year for our good. All things. All things. It's answering the question, where was God in all the chaos of 2020? Look at Romans 8, 28. Let's read it. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Let's break it down a little bit. Let's, let's think about the parameters of this verse. First, we have certainty. We know. We know this is the case. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. We know there's certainty. The second thing we see, the recipients. Who, who's in view here? It's God's people, those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. This verse, Paul is telling us here in Romans 8, that all things work together. God turns every single thing for the good of specific people, his people, those who love him, those who are called according to his purpose. Another parameter here, all things. This is, this is what's in view, all things. And when Paul says all things, the Greek word that he uses there literally means all things. All. No secrets here. No hidden meaning. Like all of them. The good things that happen to you. The good things that happen because of you. The bad things that happen to you. And the bad things that happen because of you. All things are in view. All things that you do. All things that are done to you. That's, that's what's in view here. Okay, and then finally, the purpose. Work together for good. This shows us that there are no accidents in life. God is mysteriously and sovereignly active in all things for a purpose. And the purpose for his people is always good. I, every time I think about this, and we all have stories. We all have stories about how God worked in a strange circumstance. You were confused at the time. You didn't understand. And then later down the road, you look back and you're like, I know why that happened. Now I know why that happened. Uh, I never would have met Erica had my high school basketball coach not pick me off the ground by my jersey in front of my dad. Uh, seriously. I never, uh, Jude, Jack, and John, we would not be here. We would not be here if when I was in eighth grade, I was playing for our high school varsity team. Um, my dad used to, was the baseball coach at that school for years. Like we were, we were, you know, I was going to that school, had plans to go to that school. And in a game, he got upset with something that I did. And as I came off the floor, he grabbed my jersey and picked me up off the ground. And my dad happened to be right there. And when my dad saw it, he confronted him. That it, it didn't go very well. We transferred. We went to another school. And we transferred to the school where Erica 
went to school, and I met her. I met her at this school. If he hadn't picked me off the ground, never would have met Erica. Erica's like, are you kidding me? My life would have been so much better had he not picked you off the ground. Are you serious? No, but we all, and we all, you guys are probably thinking of stories like that in your life where something confusing, something strange, something odd happens to you in the moment you don't understand, and then later, ah, you have that aha moment. Oh, the Lord did this. He worked in this situation for my good. So there are no accidents. But this verse is misused all the time. It's misused. If you ever go through a really hard time, sometimes well-meaning people will come to you and say, hey, I know that's hard, but listen, it's for your good. <laughs> and you're like, wow, I, I, that's really not what I needed to hear right now. And I know you just lost your, your daughter or your son, and it was really tragic and I'm really sad, but look, it was actually for your good. That's hard. People misuse this all the time. I want, I want to just emphasize what Paul is not saying here. Okay? Paul is not saying that all things are good. Paul is not saying that all things are even experienced as good. Paul's not saying that God causes bad things to happen, but it's for your good, so, so it's okay that he does that. That's, that's not what Paul's saying here. Paul's also not saying, hey, don't be sad when bad things happen because God is sending it all for your good. That's, that's not what's happening here. Here's the biblical progression of all things, of all things. First, in Genesis 1, God created all things and all things were what? Very good. Very good. God created all things and all things were very good. Then, in Genesis 3, humanity sins against God and as a result, now not all things are good because of sin. Sin enters the world, so now not all things are good. However, as we see throughout the rest of the Bible, through the death of Jesus, even the worst of things can be redeemed. Even the worst of things can be redeemed. In other words, now God is working in all things for good. He originally created all things to be good. Because of the fall, because of sin, all things are corrupted. And so now everything is not good. But that doesn't stop God from working all things, the good and the bad, for your good. Paul is saying here that in and through everything that happens, the good and the bad, God works for the good of his people. In part, this means that God's sovereignty is certain. It's certain. His authority, his reign, his power is certain because there isn't anything under heaven outside his realm of authority and power. All things means all things. God doesn't promise us that we will be protected from suffering or difficult circumstances or years like 2020. He doesn't promise us protection from that. He promises us something better. He promises us that he's going to hijack all the things, all of them, the good and the bad, even the worst, and use them for good in our lives. Now again, I, I want to be clear. This doesn't necessarily mean that God actively sent COVID-19 to teach us all a lesson. You know, while we can learn and grow and we can look back and say, you know what? The Lord used this year for my good. I was taking the local church for granted. 
I was taking the church for granted, and then this happened, and so now I feel like I'll be a better church member because of it. The Lord did not send COVID-19 just so one of us could learn a a lesson about why the church is important, you know? Can the Lord, might have the Lord sent COVID-19 for different reasons? Sure, maybe, we don't know. But we can't say that for sure. Here's what it means. Even though the world has fallen so far from God's original design, he is still at work. He's still at work. The Lord is going to work in your life. And he doesn't require specific circumstances to do so. God has not been caught off guard this year. In fact, God loves you so much that he's weaving together all of the good and all of the bad into a beautiful tapestry in your heart. You you may not even see it right now, but the Lord is forming you and he is shaping you. He is refining you and he's restoring you. And he isn't dependent on your obedience. He isn't dependent on perfect field conditions to do so. I remember playing baseball in high school. We had, we had a coach that really challenged us, and my dad was a part of that. He, he really challenged us all the time. And, and he, he actually caused us to be really excited when it would rain because they, they would say all the time, oh, perfect field conditions, so what? You field ground balls, you throw people out, you don't make errors, so what? What about when the field is not perfect? You know, what about then? What about when you're slipping and falling? You're, that's where you really show how hard you've been working the Lord doesn't require perfect field conditions. He doesn't require perfect circumstances or, or only good things happening in order to bless us. The Lord uses the good and the bad for our, our good. Now, here's what I would love to be able to do. And I know we all feel this way. We can agree up to this point, but we don't know what to do with it. We don't know what to do with this truth. What I would love to do is just lead you through an exercise where we just stop and we think. We ask this question. How has God used 2020 for my good? And you write that down at the top of the page, and then you number the page one through five, and you write out your answers to it. That's what you do at summer camp. You guys ever been to like youth, youth camps? You do exercises like that where you write out answers. Hey, guess what? Life is not summer camp. You can, you can write that question at the top, and, and you can number your page one to five. You may not know. I don't know. How has the Lord used this year? How has he used this difficult circumstance? How has he used this sin that I've been committing or this temptation that I've had? How is he using that for my good? You, you may not know. You might never know how God worked in a particular circumstance for your good. The good that God worked may not even be seen for another 10 to 15 years. And we struggle with this. You know, we want to suffer like Joseph but a lot of the time we suffer like Job. If you remember the story of Joseph, Joseph saw the purpose of God in all of his misfortune at the end of the story. You see, there's a great reveal at the end. God worked all things, even Joseph's brother's sin, for the good of his people. So, you know, if you remember the story of Joseph, Joseph is sold into slavery. And, and there's just this downward spiral of bad things that are happening in Joseph's life. Eventually, he finds favor with leadership in, in Egypt and becomes one of the top dogs in all of Egypt. And then through that, through the Lord's providence, he is able to save hundreds of thousands of people from a famine that's coming. So at the end of Joseph's life, he's able to look back and say, I know why I was sold into slavery now. I know how the Lord used this for my good. 
But we don't suffer like that a lot of the time. We suffer like Job. Now, you remember the story of Job? Job's different. Job never really receives clarity from God about the reason for his suffering. Job loses his family, his health, his wealth. He doubts God. His annoying friends berate him. And then Job gets up the nerve and he challenges God one day, and then he loses. He loses. The Lord confronts him in a way that shuts Job up. And then Job dies. I mean, you know, not quite. You know, Job was blessed richly by the Lord at the end of his life. But Job is never really told how God used his pain and his suffering for good. For example, Job would have never known that I'm telling his story today. He would never, there's no way he could know that. And, and a lot of times we suffer in this way. Here's what you need to remember. Just because you can't see what God is doing in your difficult circumstances or your suffering, it doesn't mean he isn't working in your suffering. Just because you know in your head, yes, I know God is working in my suffering, it doesn't mean that you're going to see the results of it. Here's what we need to rely on. It's this beautiful quote from John Newton. Everything is necessary that he sends, and nothing is necessary that he withholds. And that's really difficult to, to accept sometimes. But the Lord is sovereign, and his sovereignty is certain. No matter how uncertain or out of control life seems to us, it never seems that way to God. He is totally in control, and he is totally in control all of the time. Nothing takes him off guard. There are no surprises to God. You see, the all things of Romans 8.28 is a comfort to us those who are called according to his purpose, those who love God, it's a comfort to us because we know that there won't be a single day, a single circumstance, a single moment that we face that isn't within the purview of God, that isn't within his activity or his interest or his care. More than that even, we have certainty that God is sovereignly working in all things for our good and his working isn't dependent on our understanding i i, I love john piper he he has a, a deep meditation on this in a book of his called future grace it's a, it's a really interesting book if you want to check it out future grace um, but piper says this about romans eight twenty eight. once you walk through the door of love into the massive unshakable structure of romans eight twenty eight everything changes Piper says there come into your life stability and depth and freedom you simply can't be blown over anymore the confidence that a sovereign God governs for your good all the pain and all the pleasure that you will ever experience is an incomparable refuge and security and hope and power in your life so as you look back on 2020, and I want to encourage you to do that. I'm going to show you a way you can do that at the end of the sermon. As you look back, I hope you see that in all the things, in all things that you experienced, God is at work. You may see some of the results of that. You may not. But what's certain is he is working in every single thing that you experience, and he is working for your good. Okay. 
Second, last point. As we look forward to 2021, what can we expect from God? And we can look forward to 2021 knowing, if nothing else, we know that nothing will separate us from the love of God. Now, when you read Romans 8:28, you may be tempted to think, boy, that is a great comfort for the specific recipients of that promise. But then you get really worried because you think, but maybe that's not for me. Because it says it's those who are called according to his purpose and it's those who love God. And then you look at your own life and you're like, you know, am I really living like someone who loves God? Am I living like someone who has been called according to his purpose? And you start to doubt. Because Romans 8.28 is not good news to someone who doesn't love God. It's only comforting to those who are called according to his purpose. And then when you start thinking about the year that's ahead, and you think about what was behind, if, if you're not secured by that promise in Romans 8.28, how can you have any hope at all for a year that can be totally uncertain? Well, here's what I would say to you. Even your self-doubt, first of all, this is the first point I would make, even if your self-doubt is, or your self-doubt is included in the all things of Romans 8.28, okay? So if you have, if you have self-doubt, if you doubt your salvation, you doubt that you're even within the promise of 8.28, guess what? That's in all things. Your, your self-doubt, God will use your self-doubt for your good. So that, just the first thing. But I would also point you to Romans 8, 31 through 39. If there is ever a passage to memorize heading into a new year, coming out of the year that we came from, it's Romans 8, 31 through 39. Challenge every single one of you to, before the end of the year to memorize Romans 8, 31 through 39. If you're like, too many words? Okay, fine, cut it in half, 35 through 39. Um, that's too much, 38 through 39. And that's, that's it, I'm not cutting it down any more than that. But at least memorize Romans 8, 38 through 39. Because I would point you there and I would show you that there is absolutely nothing, not your doubting, not your sin, not your circumstances, nothing in this world that can separate you from the love of God. Your love for God may indeed be weak and unreliable, but his love for you is all that counts. And his love for you is unshakable and immovable. So as we think about a new year, we start heading into 2021. Here's what we can expect from God. God is going to love us. I know that sounds so simple. Maybe it depends on what your, what your childhood was like, your experiences with relationships. But to hear that, to know without a doubt, heading into a new year, God's gonna love me. Well, how do you know? How do you know? What if you sin against him? He'll still love me. Well, how do you know? What if, you know, you stop, you stop doing the things you should be doing? He's still going to love me. He's still going to love me. Yeah, but you've made a commitment to put that sin to death, and you keep falling to that same temptation. I mean, enough is enough, right? Nope, nope. Here's, here's the only thing I know for this year. God still loves me. Yeah, but what about, what about, you know, difficult things that could happen this year? You don't know. You know, you could, you could get really sick. Someone in your family could get really sick. Someone could die close to you. Something really terrible. You could lose your job. Nope, 
I still know, I know, none of that can separate me from the love of God. Nothing you do can separate you from the love of God. Nothing others do to you can separate you from the love of God. Nothing that happens to you can separate you from the love of God. And this is so precious if you've ever been in a relationship of any kind with someone who loves you conditionally. Have you ever been loved conditionally? I will love you as long as you follow these steps, you follow these rules. And the moment you step outside these, these uh, boundaries that I have set, I no longer love you and I will have nothing to do with you anymore. God's love isn't like that. His love is a covenant love. His love is permanent. His love is powerful. Once God sets his love on you, he will never remove it. That may be hard for you to believe this morning, that the God of the universe who knows all things, who knows the depths of your heart, will never, ever stop loving you. But it's true. It's true. It's the only guarantee you have in 2021. But it changes everything about how you live this coming year. You cannot escape God's love. You cannot lose God's love, and you belong to God through faith in Jesus. And once you belong, guess what? You belong. You belong. You're in. You're his. And nothing can ever change that. You can move forward from 2020 into 2021 with hope and trust in God. And and that, listen, permanent love permanent love and this applies to marriage directly so if you're married I I hope this is helpful to you permanent love is powerful love permanent love is powerful love the way God loves us empowers us to live for him if you're married and you know you've committed you've covenanted together if you're married and you know that the other person isn't going anywhere doesn't that change pretty much how you do everything? If you know, if, I, if, if I'm about to confront Erica with something or she's going to confront me with something, and we are doing so on the rock-solid foundation of, hey, no one's going anywhere. Our love is a committed, covenantal love. We're staying. This is a permanent love. It totally changes how you deal with conflict. It totally changes how you live for one another and serve one another. You have a foundation, you have a basis, and this is the love that God loves you with. It totally transforms everything about your relationship with him. Covenant love sets you free to live for and with another person without fear of what might happen if you fail. Covenant love sets you free. So if you can at minimum walk into 2021 with the assurance the rock bed assurance that God loves you and will not stop loving you and there is nothing that can happen that can keep his love from you, you will be empowered to live for his glory. Here's what you can do. No matter what comes, no matter what comes, you can love him and you can love others. You can serve other people in 2021, no matter what comes, no matter what happens. You can give of yourself for the good of others the way that God gives of himself for the good of you. And you can do what God calls you to do with the security and confidence that no matter what comes or changes, no matter how poorly you obey him, 
God's love for you will remain. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Um, You're going to receive an email early this week, Monday or Tuesday, and and it's it's a year-end assessment. Uh, I I don't know that we've done this. If we did it at Trace, we may have done it, you know, five five years ago, something like that. I can't remember. Um, But as I've been encouraging you to reflect on your giving habits, I, I started thinking about that more, and I was like, we need to reflect on all of our habits, like our spiritual habits, everything that's going on in our lives. We need to reflect on 2020, and we need to to start planning and looking ahead to 2021. And there's no point in that just being something the staff and elders do. We need to do it as a church. So so I've prepared a resource. It's just a year-end assessment that has prompted questions to help you reflect on what the Lord has taught you this past year, to help you do what we did this morning, to look back and say, all things— all things. God is in all things. And then as you look ahead saying, nothing. There is nothing that can separate me from the love of God in Christ. I want to encourage you, evaluate your current spiritual habits to see if your life reflects confidence in a God who is working all things together for your good 